Welcome to The Open Door with Kelly and Kelly. Brought to you by Legendary Living Arts and Waking Way Productions. Join us each week for guest interviews and discussions on a variety of topics. We invite you to connect. Today we welcome to the show Vanden Tricamo. He is a certified personal trainer and owner of Moon Dragon Fitness. Vanden trains clients to develop strength, cardio, mobility, and martial arts. Vanden has studied martial arts since he was 12 with a history in Ishinru Karate, Hussein Hapkido, Pailam Kung Fu, and Warfield Martial Arts. Currently, Vanden maintains his martial arts studies remotely via Red Jade Martial Arts and Legendary Living Arts. Vanden also enjoys painting, philosophizing, and playing guitar. Well, welcome uh, to our podcast, Vanden. It is nice wonderful. To have you. It's, yeah, it's wonderful to have you on our podcast. Thank uh, you. It's um, yeah. It's how how you've you've been coming to to classes and, and doing qigong and and decided to uh, to to dip your toe in in, in the bagua reality and and um, yeah, it, it's great to have you on our podcast. Love to talk more about your experiences. Yeah, cool. You're a personal. Yeah, thanks for having me. Because <laughs> you're a personal trainer, right? So, yeah. <laughs> tell us about tell us about what you do, and then you know we can segue into how you were got interested into coming to our classes. Yeah, sure. So, I am owner of Moon Dragon Fitness, which is a personal training service. I work with clients one on one, working mostly on strength development and cardio and mobility. And also I incorporate martial arts to certain clients who are interested in that as well. So I like to have the flexibility of meeting each client's not just what they need, but also what they find fun and interesting because part of making good habits is keeping them. (laughs) So so that's, then, you know, you don't want to form the habit. (laughs) Yeah. So that's mostly what I do. Um, with my personal training service, I also do offer two public classes at a local park. Um, and those are group sessions, but outside of that, everything I do is pretty much one-on-one. Nice. Well, that's good. So you're able to give that personal touch then to people that you work with. So this this is, um, how, how long have you been doing the personal training? Uh, I've been doing the personal training for, oh, it's about, six or eight months now okay as as an actual certified personal trainer with my own business moon dragon fitness gotcha prior prior to that i've actually been running a cardio class for almost 10 years oh wow Um, and it's the same one that i do in the park okay it's been been every tuesday and saturday morning for almost 10 years i've there was a period of time where i only did saturday but it was kind of a traveling class I took to like different martial arts schools. Okay. And I would offer it to the students there. Funny. And then I did, I did do it on my own for a little bit when I wasn't actually a certified personal trainer. Um, but I got certified through NASM, which is national Academy of sports medicine, um, actually during COVID and, uh, created my own LLC moon dragon fitness. And now, I'm autonomous and I just do it myself. Cool. That's excellent. Right so tell me more about the cardio class. Cause it sounds interesting to me. I know you've mentioned it before and 
I want to yeah. know, what do you do in it? So <clears throat> I love my cardio class. <laughs> it's very kind of a personal thing. So over the years, it's, it's changed its first incarnations. Uh, when I was running it out of Myerstown, um, that, which is a town in my area, there was a martial arts school there that I ran it out of. And this school had a ramp that went outside and it also had a rock wall that was maybe waist high and where it was a hill at the end of the alley. So my cardio class was running up the hill and coming down and doing push-ups or squats or jumps off the wall and then running back into the studio where there was punching bags. And in between all that, there could be a menagerie of push-ups, sit-ups, jumping jacks. And, and I, I just come up with different stuff all the time. Um, and currently the current incarnation where we do it in the park, uh, I have what my clients lovingly refer to as the cards of doom. Which is a, it's a stack of uh, about a four inch high stack of cards that have different exercises on them. And what I do is I, I have the participants pick out mm. two to three cards at a time. Oh, yeah. And then we'll run those, we'll run those in a circuit for about two minutes. And then we take like a 30 minute second rest and then we run them again. And then I'll have them pick new cards and then we'll do that again. And then I also set up a circle where I put a plyo box. I put resistance bands, a steel mace, a slam ball, uh, and also just cones where people run sprints or do little drills on. And there's a nice size hill at the park where we do. At the end of every session, I give everybody the option to do five straight or three on the hill. So it's five, five sprints straight or three sprints on the hill wow. and, okay. and yeah. they mix it up like there's yeah. some that are like uh we haven't done in the hill in a while <laughs> and i do it by vote so it's yeah. it's up to them yeah. it's the way i do it i kind of you know with the cards and everything it's like the participants have a hand in really what we're doing right um, yeah so, so everything we're doing is ultimately their own choosing in a way <laughs> yeah. so, they, so they can't really yeah. you know go no, I don't want to do that. It's like, oh, wait, I picked that. But yeah, but that's fine. Like, I used to make those cards. We didn't call them cards of doom, though. But like, when I was a gymnastics coach, I used to make cards like that all the time with little pictures, like, especially if kids couldn't read yet, like if they were little. And then we'd have stations, you know, and that, so that's kind of fun to do because you get the cardio and you're doing the muscular endurance, like all at the same time, it sounds like. And it, and it is fun when you get to choose, right? Because then you kind of, you can grumble about what you pick, but then it's sort of, you know, everyone's there to work out and, and do their, do their thing. Right. I mean, yeah. becoming a class <clears throat> interested in, you know, being fit or doing it. So that sounds like fun. Yeah. 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 The one, the one martial arts school I used to be uh, running this class in had a lot of punching bags around the room. And that's where the cards actually started because I made these cards up. And I would put them underneath each bag, which were stations along the circuit. And then, you know, we'd hit the bags and then I'd yell cards. And then whatever card was at your station, you had to do that until I yelled, oh, you know, get yeah, up yeah. back on the bags, yeah. and cards back on the bags. And <laughs> yeah. Well, it sounds like such a great variety where you're not, you're not bored. Like you're not doing the same thing, like for such an extended period of time. And yeah. And when you change it up, you tend, you know, people tend to not be. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Um, 
what's the word I'm looking for? I can't think well, of you, you don't you don't get stagnant. You, you yeah, have classes that you know move, and and again, it's just like yeah, you have the randomness, so you're not doing the same thing. You know, all yeah. the time and each, yeah. each class is different, mm-hmm. which is great. Yeah. That sounds like fun. Very cool. Yeah. That's neat. Too bad, like you, you don't do it. Like it, you're out in the park, obviously, so you can, probably can't do it online. But that'd be fun to like. I do I did do <laughs> during COVID. I maintained my class. In fact, I didn't miss a beat. Well, that's <laughs> the, I didn't miss a single class. I did do them. Um, I was doing them on Facebook Live to start with. Oh, for, great! Uh, just do my own personal account. Now it was kind of limited because <clears throat> excuse me I, I did it in my basement which you've guys seen and i would do the cards but it was laid out in uh you know three exercises and we'd rotate those three exercises for two minutes and we'd take a 30 second rest do it again and then i'd switch and make a new set of cards for two minutes so it was it wasn't as much flexibility because I also had to keep in mind the inability to be there to like help people. Yeah. Right. right. Yeah. Right. So a lot of the exercises right. were Sometimes. simplified. Yeah. But I, it was still doing it though. Yeah. That is a challenge. I think even for us too, like we're putting classes online is being able to help people with technique. It's easier when you're in a class setting and you can go up to someone and help them adjust or, yeah, you know, yeah. Like, yeah. Like give yeah. instruction yeah, because was... everyone's got their camera at a different angle. So sometimes it might look like they're not yeah. in the right position. But they actually or, you know, are. They might yeah. be. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's nice to keep doing classes, but it's difficult to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that that's personal touches is, is That's one of the things that I miss about yeah. actually having classes in person. Uh, especially especially in the martial arts as, as you know and and you've got experience in the martial arts you know uh teaching in person is way better than trying to do something distance or, or online because you actually get that physical feedback you actually get the the actual structural alignment and you actually have the opportunity to actually correct a person's physical posture in real time mm-hmm. versus trying to describe you know yeah. It's like, hey, no, bend your yeah. wrist this way. It's like, no, no, turn that no, way. No, no, lift right. your elbow. No, the other elbow. It's like, yeah. Yeah. Well, it was too that left and right, like on camera, is opposite. Yeah. Like you're mirroring each other. So when I'm lifting my right arm, it looks like my to left, somebody yeah. else, it looks like a left. And you got to, well, it, it helps the listening skills the whole way. Yeah. <laughs> because you really, yeah. you have to listen more. Whereas I know I, in, the ladies class that I teach, like some people say to me, well, I, I'm, they've been teachers like doing other things before, but now they're like, well, I just like doing it. And then I, I just want to follow along. I don't, I don't want to think and stuff. So, you know, it's sort of like, if you're not, if you're not familiar with movement either, then it's harder to just follow along if you're learning something new, but so, and it's interesting teaching online because we've met people from, and had you join from, you know, a different place in the world that we wouldn't have been able to do that before. So there's advantages and disadvantages. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Doing doing the online thing, I mean, it it opens up, you know, classes to people from anywhere in the world. I mean, we've got uh, James in the UK, in the, in the UK, yeah. who, who watches the, you know, we record that's, you know, we actually got, and, uh, and Clint's in, in Montreal. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So there's, there's, a, there's a few people who 
get our recordings, which is why we record yeah. everything, and who learn at a distance that way. So yeah, it's yeah, cool. pros and cons, and you know, learning curve, especially teaching phys- the physical arts. Yeah. So what other what other martial arts did you do before? Because you like that that you've practiced before. Um, I started when I was about twelve in Ishinru karate. Uh, I did that for about three years or so, and then I switched to a school called uh, Warfield Martial Arts, which uh, is kind of more of a mixed martial arts school it has a conglomeration of a lot of different things that um that uh c joe warfield had been exposed to during his life and it was it was more kung fu than karate but it wasn't really deep kung fu it wasn't deep structural kung fu it was more of a fight school to be quite honest in fact when when he started his um own school it was called dragon masters academy which was literally let's get together and fight (laughs) uh before it became a martial arts school it was just he was young he was a very he's one of those people that was just a naturally gifted fighter he was a a competitive boxer and he just kind of went around to different martial arts schools and learned different things and threw it together into a system Hmm. i did that for quite a while I also myself got into uh, a local boxing club for a little bit, maybe about a year or so. And then a lot of life changes and things that uh, took me in other directions. And then when I came back to martial arts, I came back to Warfield martial arts again. And um, I studied and taught there for about 10 years. And then I also got into, uh, had about a two-year period where I got into Pai Lum Kung Fu. And I kind of enjoyed it. There were some structural elements that my other school didn't have, but I felt like those structural elements weren't really fully explained. Um, And then I also then got into uh, a Hapkido and I got my black belt in House and Soul Hapkido and then was back at martial Warfield martial arts again and uh around that time I started just doing some research and looking deeper into everything that's available on the wide web (laughs) and I found uh uh, Neil Sifu Neil Ripsky at Red Jade martial arts and his ability to explain things and really like he had a way of just opening wide the book Mm. and it was all these things like I've been doing martial arts at this point probably oh man pretty much most of my life since I was 12 with a little bit of and I'm 45 now so the uh it was just like all these concepts and principles of sinking energy and coiling energy and penetrating energy and really understanding what form was rather than just copying steps and motions and how you can how a form can be studied uh like a book how you you know slow application of form is like really getting into the structure and then yes actually 
expressing Fa Jing through a form as well. And yep. just so many, so many things that um, really just my mind just exploded. It's like, wow, here's, here's truly genuinely traditional Chinese martial arts yeah, right. explained with a level of creativity as well. Like Neil was just really like, you know, play with this stuff. Don't feel like you have to dogmatically copy. Um, yeah. Yep. You know, I, I could go on and on. And that's about, why you know I get along so well. I was going to yeah. say the three of you all sound very similar. Mm -hmm. And like, cause when you were talking about your background in martial arts, how, how you, you've learned different things and it's kind of like you, you've taken a lot of different things. Yeah. Too, yeah. Between like, judo and, 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 and boxing. Yeah. And, and I did have keto, Aikido, uh, three different styles of karate, Kempo karate, Shotokan, um, uh, some goju, uh, and, you know, yeah, chopped around and, and um, one of the mainstays of my Kempo karate. And then I found Bagua and like the rest is history. So. Yeah. And you guys all like to share knowledge like that. That's the one thing that I, I love about hearing the conversations or just talking because you, you all seem that you really just want to teach people things because really it's, it's the individual, like you can give someone like a lot of knowledge, but it depends what they're going to do with yep. it. Right. And I think some people like will hoard information and not want to share. And because it's like, Oh, well we have to have some secrets, but it's like, but yeah. you know, it's, it's well, not one, even one, of the, one of the things I, I realized after Figuring out circle walking in Bagua after I put in uh, uh, two or three years, when I started, it was about around the third year mark where I'd gotten the circle walking and I'd gotten the form, and I was no longer trying to remember the form, I could practice the form. I realized how much work had actually gone into figuring out how to do that. Like for me, like my own personal journey of, of those three years is figuring that out, transitioning from uh, being sort of an external stylist, I guess you could say. Uh, from my background in, in Kempo yeah. Karate and, and boxing and Judo and then learning Bhagwan how much I had to work at uh, figuring stuff out and so when I actually got to teaching I realized in my experience of when I started to share Bhagwan with people I realized how hoarding the information really didn't matter because as, as you said, Van, and it's just like someone can do a form, someone can learn a form and not understand a thing about it. Yeah, right. And there are some people in our, in our, in our clubs where they, they had beautiful forms, but you could tell like they were moving their hands to make them look like they were actually moving in their form, doing their, doing their Tai Chi or doing their, you know, it's just sort of going, Oh, oh, yeah, totally. Yeah, empty, empty form. Not, you know, and, and when I got the actual understanding of, you know, of what a real empty, like what an empty form actually meant and how different I felt about training and, and the refinement, like that's the thing, like what you're talking about, even, even with your cardio class is actually giving people all those options with your cards of death to, to <laughs> cards of doom cards of doom <laughs> cards of doom you know giving them the options to see things from a different perspective having a different circuit each class it's similar but you keep seeing things from different combinations and different angles and that is one of the things that i realized with my teacher uh, my teacher mark is like he would that's what he would do every single class every single class when something finally clicked i had 
a dozen or, or 20 or 30 different angles and perspectives of actually looking at something. And I realized how he was actually sharing far more information than I realized and how he wasn't hoarding it. He was, he was really just sharing it. And, and I, I asked him about that. Uh, I don't know, I guess it was about year six or seven. And he was like, yeah, it doesn't matter. Like you can come to class and think you, you learned something and, and not know it at all because you've only been to one class or maybe you come for a couple months and it's like martial arts is about physical awareness. You, you cannot develop that in one class. You cannot even develop that in a, in a couple of years. You need the constant practice. You need the constant refinement and, and the investigation and the curiosity to keep looking at things from different perspectives. Well, I know from talking yeah. to people, like some people exercise because they know it's good for them and, and they want to stay healthy, but they don't enjoy it. Yeah. Like, and they just, oh, do yeah. it, right. Like just do it because, well, it's good for me, yeah. you know, kind of like eating vegetables. right? Like, we do stuff. Yeah. I mean, but to, to cook or even create or to exercise in a way that you enjoy. I mean, that's why I when I found out when I first met you that you did Qigong, I was like, well, what is that? Cause after training in gymnastics, it's like, well, then what, what do I do? I didn't know what to do. And I did a bunch of things like, you know, resistance training, got into aerobics, you know, because exercising is healthy. I wanted to exercise because that's what my body was used to. I didn't really enjoy it though. <laughs> like it wasn't, they weren't my Thing. Well, in all, also right? the, the, the level of competitive like, gymnastics that you did, yeah, kind of makes other physical exercise pale in comparison. Because yeah, sometimes, like even when I went through university and you're learning all this stuff, and I'm like, yeah, but um, you know, and I would always get like, I would have professors and instructors who would say, well, gymnastics is so bad for your body, and I'm like, well. No, I mean, the coaches that we have, like when you have to go through a certification program, mm -hmm. it's, it's rigorous. You have yep. to know things, yep. you have to take tests. Like it's, you know, we know a lot about how the, the body works. And for me, like, I always feel sometimes, cause I'm not a martial artist. My background in martial arts is my son doing Taekwondo. <laughs> That's my background. So learning Qigong was one thing. And then Bagua is another, like, sometimes I, I still have a hard time even saying I'm a martial artist because I have I feel like I have no background other than, than doing ba the Bagua and that I'm still learning. Like there's so much to learn. And, but for me, it's, it's movement, like movement refinement because human movement, a lot of it is gymnastics based, like the rolling and the landing and all mm -hmm, that. Mm -hmm. And for me, I like to help people learn how to move more efficiently. So I can tell no matter what activity someone's doing, if they're not being efficient in their yeah. So that's sort of my specialty. So I, I still don't call myself a martial artist, but because I hear all of you guys talk about gear, you know, I've been doing this since I was 12 and that was me though. I, I taught gymnastics, I trained and I, you know, did that for 30 years, but that's, you know, it's different. Mm. Yeah. Well, you're, you're, you're getting there. It's, it's sort of, it is sort of one of those things where you realize okay. like, oh wait, I know something. And you, you yeah. do actually know. Well, but stuff. I like the refinement. Yes. Like that's what I yes. like about Bagua is you learn the form and there's you could do the form over and over again and still refine oh yeah it and still yeah. be new about yeah. yourself and that's what i really like too yeah i've i've been doing the yeah. jong uh bagua system for 20 years and i still learn something i still get so much out of going through the form like every single time it blows my mind i mean i get it part of that is just like the mental psychology of being attached to a rigid space that we want to have that space perfected 
but being open to listening to the body and refining that depth of listening skill. Yeah, the, the depth of appreciation that I have for. And, that, and that's really, that's, I think that's, uh, that, that's so, such a personal experience that we all understand it. We know when we talk about it, the value of it, but it really can't be understood until someone really experiences that. And that, <clears throat> that is, you know, even in my um, cardio classes, I try to get, I, I'm always expressing this concept. Like in many ways, I, I, a lot of times look at my cardio almost like Qigong. I, I've come to the point where I teach it like a Qigong in the sense that I'm always expressing, Hey, if we're doing jumping jacks. Like, don't just make it a movement that you've copied since you were in grade school. Really feel the body open up. Really feel the expansion. And I can do something as simple as jumping jacks sometimes, and I'll just smile, and I'll be like, wow. Really? I can feel that body, the flanks open, and the arms, and the shoulder mobility, and I'm just like, I'm flying, and I'm totally at one with the movement of my body. And well, and I'm always wait. wait I'm always, how many? How many was that? Yeah. I, I'm with <laughs> yeah, something so simple because we yeah. can take something and and just be mindless with it yeah. and be like, yeah. all right, yeah. I got to do twenty and get it over yeah. with. Yeah. Or you can choose to, like you said, like feel what your body's doing. Yeah. And you know that that's actually something. That, that's last, that's exactly yeah. why I lose track when I'm teaching yeah. the eight pieces of brocade and teaching the bagua circle walk. I lose track of the repetitions all the time. I've got a general, or I got a really good idea with the eight pieces of brocade, <laughs> yeah. how many repetitions I've done of everything. And but like when we're walking the <laughs> circle, we're, walking the circle we're, like, we're whispering, I don't know if it, we can hear it on camera, but he's like, is that six? Is that seven? We're doing that all the time. Cause, cause I, you know, yeah. Like because, circle walking, I just yeah, get into my body. Start, I feel yeah. my bones and my feet and stuff just disappears yeah and that's just you know that's that experience that that self-awareness that unity of uh our mind and our body and the breath and that you just can't um you can't you can't explain it really you have to experience it yeah and and you you can't can't fake it once you once you've actually begun to experience it like there's no going back you realize yeah other whole other landscape of experience yeah. And when I, yeah, when, I, I had, when I began to discover that with Bagua, I was just like, oh, damn, okay, yeah. this is like <laughs> stuff I've read about. This is like the beginning of it. This is like, and then I was just, yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. It's, it's like you can't explain it. There, there are no words for it. You can, you, you can write books and books and books mm-hmm. just trying to encapsulate yeah. it. This is one of the reasons why after I got to, to a certain point in my training with Bagua, I just, I, I put all my books away. So I realized nothing I had read had prepared me for what I was experiencing. And there wasn't anything in any book I had that was able to, uh, that A, talked about what I was experiencing and B, was actually relevant anymore. Yeah. I because think, can, oh, sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I think my, you know, I'm thinking about this now and, you know, my discovery with Neil was very much so uh, to start with a self-validating thing because I had the benefit of, you know, 
being at Warfield Martial Arts for as long as I was, I got to the point where he would literally just not even come into the school and I was running it like all the time. And uh, I was teaching all the classes and I was running everything. And there was only a handful of forms in the program. So I got to the point where I was really like, you know, really getting into it because there comes a point where it either gets bored or you start <laughs> just digging deeper yes and yes. with all the movements and the forms we had i'm like you know oh wow there's this other level to this especially in the applications because we mm. did a lot of cool. you know multiple different application uses of the forms and i would always be working with an opponent and be like oh wow there's there's this too and then there's this and and i was literally just kind of making all this can we curse on here? I don't know. I was like making all this shit up in a way. Like I kept finding different things because I was sort of on my own in a sense, you know, and it was, it was good and bad. Like in many ways I felt like, you know, I wish I had a teacher still, but I kind of didn't. Uh, so I kind of had to be my own teacher in a way and like take the with the content deeper and play with it. And then when I found Neil and a lot of his stuff was kind of, it was validating like, Oh wow. So this is a thing. Cause sometimes I'm like, am I, am I just losing my mind that I'm just starting to make shit up? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like I, I definitely had those moments where I'd be throwing in all different new stuff that I was just kind of making up, but it worked like, like this will work in an application. Mm -hmm. uh but it was a validation to be like no like this is actually you know really study a deeper study of what we're talking about feeling the body and, and getting really in tune with it and then in martial arts it's how that connects to the other right the opponent or and moving that energy back and forth that way mm -hmm. yeah well mm -hmm. that comes down to something where I don't know if we talked about it earlier already or before we started the podcast, but about being playing, like being creative, like yeah. what, or what Neil said, I think you actually did say it. What Neil said is like to, to be playing with it. You can learn yeah. form and you can get stuck on like, yep. I want to make yep. my form perfect mm -hmm. or you can play with it. And that's and, uh, as and adults. Understand, like, understand the structure and the roots. Yeah. And the, yeah. Like playing is, is something that we sort of go, oh, you know, we're grownups. We shouldn't be playing. But that's the fun part, I think, of this whole thing is like that's something I know we miss. And I know that our participants not being able to do classes in person yeah. is applications yeah. because yeah. Oh, able yeah, to play of... around with it or you know, sort of spar with someone who's like taller than you or, you know, yeah, well, for me, too. everyone's taller than me. So it's <laughs> I ever, you know. Even my children now are all way taller than me, so it's not like one of but, you know one of one of the, the most important um, lessons I ever I ever got was my was my Bagua teacher Mark telling me when I asked him so what's the secret to learning Bagua and he's like just play with it and it took me it took me about a year to go what I say how do you how do you play mean? with how do you play with kung fu like it's not play doh right it's just like how do you do that and then one day I, I saw him warming up for class. And I, I saw him go through about 20 different variations of Green Dragon Stretches Claws. And I just sort of like, my brain melted and went on my, you know, mm -hmm. dripped out my ear and I just went, oh, 
<laughs> he's playing with it. Yeah. He, he, he's playing with that one movement. And I was just, you know, mind blown as you, and then everything that he had said and that, you know, up until that point about how you just do the movement and it'll turn into whatever you need it to be. Yeah. And that's why you need to play with it and just, mm -hmm. just play with the movement, just play with the movement over and over and over again. And I was just like, oh, right. And then, so like one of the first application classes, I was watching warm up and then we did application and he picked three. I saw I, easily 20 or 30 variations of that one movement. And he picked mm. three variations of it as in height, uh, expansion mm. and, and um, distance. Yeah. Right. And you know, because he was just doing it like really, 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 really small, really, really big, or just or or really open. Hmm. And I was just like, "What? That's not." <laughs> Part of my brain was yeah. like, "Yeah, but that's not Green Dragon stretches claws." It's like because it's not perfect anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and that's something when I started taking classes with you. That was one thing. Like we would do, the, and because in gymnastics, like you do need to learn refinement, like to be so precise. So you're not going to, you know, fall off the balance beam or slip off. Yeah. The bars, oh right? yeah. Right. Yeah. So I would get stuck going, okay, but when we're doing how the do form, this is how we do it. And then when we do applications, I'm like, but we have to do it like this. And you'd constantly be like, no, just like, it's not, you're not meant to like do it perfectly yeah. when you're, when you're doing it, you have to find your way of doing this, yeah. especially if I'm, you know oh yeah doing it well, with someone who's way taller or yeah, bigger like when or whatever we're, when we're, when we're i had to find my way of doing it and it was like learning how to play with that because i just made a realization as we were talking that i think after i quit co um not coaching but um competing in gymnastics and training all the time i never learned how to play again uh, with something else until yeah i started to do bagua because gymnastics is kind of playing you have to you really do have to play around with it. You can watch people, you can hear them give you instruction, but when you're manipulating your body to do something, you have to play with it until you get it. Yeah, until you and learn. that's a yeah. kind of playing that I don't think I made the, you know, I just, I have, <laughs> I have, uh, I have one student now that um, she's been doing martial arts with me for maybe, maybe three or four months. She's, Prior to that, she was a personal training client where she did my cardio classes and then she got into a strength training routine. Then she got into kind of boxing fitness routine. And now she's like, I want to start doing martial arts. I'm like, okay. So just this morning, I, I over the last couple of weeks, I have her making her own form. Oh, cool. Right. So that kind of blew her mind. But this morning, what I did is I gave her, you know, she has two, two, uh sequences so far with the form she's making so i gave her a, a staff a bow staff and i said now do the exact same thing from your form through this staff cool. and she was like what nice. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah and then when i really kind of just sort of like took the veil away it was like how does your body move when you do it without a staff how do you do it normally so i took the weapon from her yep yeah. She went through her motions, you know, I'm like, feel the way your hip moves, feel the way you're pulling ground energy. What energy are you using to, and I'm like, now here's a weapon, do the same thing. Just now channel it to the weapon. Oh, and yeah. when she started getting it, she just would turn her like a kid, she'd turn her head, look at me. Like, <laughs> 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 
yeah. <laughs> right on right on yeah so like that level of being creative with you know with with martial arts is and american martial arts are just the worst uh, they don't have a drop of this stuff and it's so dogmatic um what is, what is, I was, we had a vendor event the uh last weekend with our paint party business so you know we have a vendor stand and there's a local karate school next to us and i was just like <laughs> face face palm after face palm after face palm it's like oh my god like they're just like copying stuff their bodies are like rigid boards and their applications were like would get them destroyed if they actually tried it in, in real life. In real life, yeah. And it's just a shame that America and oh, but I'll tell you what, their marketing game was on point. Like <laughs> yeah. they were a drawing people left and right because they were so flashy. I even took note that the one lady they had one of those big spin wheels, you know, where you can. Oh yeah. She yeah. was. She was literally when she'd see people coming, she'd spin it just to make noise out of it. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> just to pull people in. And uh, like Jesus. it was so salesy and gimmicky and and then I just felt dirty in one sense. And then <laughs> <laughs> I know that feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I've seen I've seen some martial art uh, demos where it's just like Yeah, I knew. Uh, nothing there. <laughs> uh, blowing in the wind. Okay. And yeah, the, you know, the flash and stuff looks good and, and whatnot. You know, um, the, the things that really, really helped is when I was learning Bagua, like under, understanding the difference between empty and, and full or like an empty or a real authentic, uh, form or movement really was both my my, my uh, Bagua teacher, Mark, plus uh, my friend, Phil, who taught me standing stake, explaining that Bagua will look ugly when you actually use it. The form looks pretty, the fluidity yeah, like looks it's, pretty. It's not you gonna want look and you practice that no. and then you, mm-hmm. you do it. And I, I remember asking Mark one day, so, so what does that mean? And then he did stuff, he came up really, really close and he did a whole bunch of stuff right in my face and I was just like, I just took a step back. I don't know how to process that. (laughs) Ah, it's like, what was that? And he's like, that was the reality. It's like, you train, Mm -hmm. like, it's like in Tai Chi, you train these big, huge, expansive movements. That is not where you're going to, you're going to take all that and you're going to punch, you're going to put it right in front of you. Mm -hmm. You're going to use it right in front of you. Mm -hmm. And, and he's like, that's where the whole, like with Bagua, the reason why we train the circle is so that you understand how to generate power. Yeah. Form. And then you just shrink it until it's right in front of you and you can use that whole circle right in front of you in a straight line. Mm. And I went, what? And then he just came in and he just, he just bumped my chest. I was like, boom, <laughs> on the ground. I'm like, okay, all right. Mm. And then, and he, then, the then, then, he, then he, I got back up and he did it slower. And he's like, this is this movement. And he just, and he went from the small movement to the full, big, deep, expansive turning and coiling from the Bagua circle walking. This is grinding the road. I'm going, son of a, uh, right. Okay. That's such a metaphor for life too, though. I mean, if you think about it, that you can practice something over and over again. And then when you have to apply it, or, you know, let's say you're putting together a presentation for, you know, work or something. Like a lot of things in life don't turn out the way that we all 
that exactly the way it's going to be. But I think the training and the practice helps us to adapt because, you know, there's a lot of things in life that happen to us that don't, we're, that we don't expect. Yeah. yeah. You know, that's actually, that's yeah. a fact, magnificent analogy. Uh, doing a presentation. Uh, I like that one because I've, you know, from school and just from personal life, I've, I have my degree in business. So I've always been involved in, in talking and running events and things like that. And there used to be a time when, you know, sit down and you prepare everything and write it out and do your PowerPoint. And, and, but yeah, like you said, when you actually do it, you don't know what you're going to expect, how it's going to come out. And I, you know, now a lot of times when I do speaking engagements, I, well, the last one I did, what was it? I had one not that long ago and I just did not prepare at all. Like I didn't prepare nothing. And I was just like, I'm just going to let flow what I know. And that is going to be the best thing that I can give because then it's going to be more direct from my own personal experience and understanding. And martial arts coming full circle that's the same thing like you practice all this big stuff but yeah. ultimately at the end it's just you deliver what comes naturally <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly yeah yeah yeah, yeah because you know when i'll spar with you or you're teaching me an application i always like i still like okay well but this is what we were practicing in class and then when you actually do it so that it works it's not what you thought yeah. it was going to be in your yeah. and most of the time it's so much easier than I thought, because, you know, you're a lar little larger than me. So <laughs> when I can actually move you and, and make, make it work, yep. it's like, oh, wow. Okay. That was unexpected. Yep. You know, I was like, oh, okay. It's not, because sometimes we make things harder. <laughs> in our well, the mind, mind always does. So you, it, it's one of the things that yeah. I mean, training with Bagua really broke me of the habit of attaching to a specific outcome. Because I mean, especially, especially when Mark would be like, all right, show me. And then I'd be like, uh, and it would take me 20 tries to get it. And then I'd get it. And I'd be like, yeah, but I wasn't finished. And like, what, what just happened? It took and he's me like, you did it. You did the movement. I'm like, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It took me 20 tries to get out of your head. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. And it took like a couple of years mm -hmm. of, of doing that, you know, every, every Saturday class to understand and and plus he also taught us a linear form for bagua a linear bagua form so it's not done on the circle where all the purists are like it has to be done on the circle it has to be done mm -hmm. this way blah 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 yeah. and then when the conversation came up like where i asked is like well how does it actually look when you apply it a couple of weeks later you came okay we're gonna do mm -hmm. we're gonna do an application form we're going what we're gonna do like a, a you know, this, this is what it looks like this is what bagua looks like on a, on a line i'm like what and then he's just like boom 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 Boom. And, yeah. and it was and i could see all the circles and all the spirals and all the coiling and all the wrapping but it was in a straight line and i was just like uh the, i never would have guessed that's what it looks like you know like again that attachment to that specific idea of what bagua is supposed to look like just went out the window all over again and yeah. i was like oh and then we practice it for years and I, and that's when I really began to understand, yeah, you take the circle, you train, you, you train what you're taught and you play with it, but you take that and through playing, you learn how to apply what you know in any situation. Yeah. I, doctor, 
any, you know, play with awkward, you know, footing and, and body positioning and stuff like that. And you just, you just learn. Yeah, Cause your feet are never going to be in the, like, yeah, the way yeah, that you I, think either. Yeah. It's like when I, when I, when I joke, I was like, okay, hold on a second. You know, it's like, I got this perfect Kung Fu move. <laughs> just stand right there. It's like, I'll be right with you. You know, that the, yeah, that's not how like reality goes. You know? I think a lot of people uh, give, you know, it's one of the reasons I think Kung Fu gets a bad rap uh, on surface level because people see this unusual level of movement that doesn't exist in karate or what they think martial arts should look like. Um, but they don't recognize that a lot of what's really going on is body conditioning. Yep. It's, you know, yep. you know, I'd seen a video breakdown of a form and application uh, of a guy doing uh I think it's uh, Swallow Skims Lake and, you know, he gets down to that really low pose yep. and comes down. But then when he does the application, he barely bends over at all. <laughs> exactly. But exactly. if you're if you're never getting that kind of body conditioning, yep. that flexibility, yeah. Um, yeah. then if you ever actually needed it, you, your legs would break underneath you. So you have no idea, you know, real combat is just utter explosion of chaos. And you don't know if you're going to end up on the ground and you have to get yourself back up or yes. you have no idea what you're going to be having to put, put into. So the training, all of this craziness of posture and movement is part of that training. It's to prepare you for the unknown, even yeah. though in, in, yeah. in the actual application is real yes. tight <laughs> yeah but you never know you might end up you know you might get clocked and end up on the ground and you need to or you might have to you know be in a position that you're if you didn't train it you're yes. gonna break under it yeah yeah when you yeah. yeah when you train unorthodox movement it changes the way your brain functions it changes the way your nervous system functions and that's sort of the, the whole point and, and one of the things that I like, I like to share a lot about that that's the whole point of conditioning that's the whole point of doing yeah. strange movements unorthodox movements so that you can get your body feeling how to be safe in those positions yeah you want to move yes. from those positions yeah. so that you know no matter what you're going to be safe yeah yeah that's really like for gymnastics too like people who aren't in it when you when you're not in it and you're not training it people are like oh that's like but it is an extreme sport, like at a high level, like at oh, a yeah. level, it's an extreme sport. So yeah. if you are not, it's the same idea, but if you're not training those extremes, like for your ankles or your knees or whatever, and what, you know, you go to a competition and, oh, you, your, your nerves make you go a little higher on a tumbling pass or something. Yeah. You have to learn how to compensate because it's not a training environment, things change and you have to be ready for those extremes. So, I mean, at a recreational level with kids, like you're not always doing that, but at like a higher level, like same like thing with Kung Fu is that you want to, that body conditioning, you want to, your body, you want to put your body through as much range of motion yes. in every yep. possible yep. way. Right. So that you're, it's ready, like you said, so that yep. you're ready for what's going to happen. And I was going to bring it back to you that it sounds like, and what I really like about how you train now as a personal trainer, when you're training clients, is that it seems like you really want your clients to be mindful of their movement too, not just go through the motions, but to be, you know, aware of themselves. Oh yeah. Even, 
even in when it just comes to strength training, like I have a couple guys that they just, you know, they just want muscles. They want to be strong and and that's good. You know, nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But even with them, you know, a bench press, I'm like, make that mind body connection, feel the contraction and expansion of the chest, feel the full range of motion. Uh, Yeah. It's a huge thing for me. And I make all my clients do core at the end and all of my core exercises are really hidden mobility exercises uh, that are working the core but like i have like starfish crunches where you make a big star on the ground yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and you come up and i'm always on them like make sure you bring those hands all the way down and touch the ground because that's stretching out your lats opening up the shoulder and then you come all the way up and then come Mm. back all the way down um my zombie crunches which is they're coming up on a crunch and they have to put their hand uh it's basically a sit-up with it starts if you're on the ground like this and then you come up hand has to be all the way up over the head again stretching out those lats and i even have them in this hand position so they're stretching out this part nice no so yeah mobility is a huge huge part of everything Yes, right on. Definitely. Right on. Yeah, Something yeah. I've learned in the last few years for sure. I thought I was mobile. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah. Well, and, and it's one of the one of the things about about doing qigong and, and an art like bagua is that the way that those arts train you for mobility is very subtle because they're working on the joints mm-hmm. and the tendons and fascia instead of muscular mobility, instead of muscular strength and muscular flexion. You're working on the rotation and the extension through the fashion tendons to engage the whole body at once. I mean, when I discovered that I could, I could still almost do like the full splits without having trained it in 10 years. I was like, wait, hmm. wow. Okay. That's like, you know, and my friend, Phil, who was teaching me standing at, at, at the time, he's like, oh yeah, that's because you're, and then he explained it from the Chinese perspective of, of like his, his traditional training and what his teacher used to tell him and it's yeah because you're actually opening the joints you're creating flexibility from literally the core of your body the actual joints and the bones and the fascia and tendon connections and i was just like oh right okay and and yeah and he was like in his 50s at the time too and he could do the full splits i was just like it's like i don't ever do that but i was like wow okay dude it's like (laughs) oh that's pretty neat So is there anything else that you want to tell us about? Um, well, there's that he has, there's that oh. workshop coming up. Yeah, so we're working okay. on uh, um, me hosting to actually have uh, Sifu Neil Ribsky come here to the States in Pennsylvania. Um, super excited about that. Like, that's a life moment. I mean, I've been training online uh, virtually, remotely with him for about three years now and actually get to meet him and have him show me just how terrible I am at everything I picked <laughs> up from videos. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, that's looking pretty solid. Like we're going to be going forward with that. Um, that'll be in August, the beginning of August, bringing them into Pennsylvania. Um, and anybody who is interested in being a part of that, if you're on the East coast or wherever, uh, you could just look up uh, anything on Neil from Red Jade Martial Arts or 
you can look me up at Moon Dragon Fitness and reach out to me and I can answer questions with that. Cool. Cool. Um, your website is, do you have a website? Yep. I actually work. I do have a website with Moon Dragon Fitness, but it's really basic. Uh, I really kind of operate primarily locally and off of Facebook, but Okay. Um, I think I'm the only Moon Dragon Fitness on Facebook. So yeah, I think so too. Oh, I, don't, okay. I haven't seen any others. Just yeah. Like, so if there's a way people can get a hold of you if they want to look that up. Yep. Yeah. Hey, hey uh, if anybody even just wants to call, my number is 717 507 6019. If you're old school and just like to call people up, I'm totally open to that. Uh, yeah. The old yeah. conversation. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of, that's like the hugest thing that's really going on. That's um, is that going to happen or is it still in the works right now? It's uh, pretty solid. We're looking to do it in the beginning of August. Um, we have a couple of little minor things that yeah. we have to wrap up, but Neil already re released a promo video. So I'm figuring he's pretty serious about oh, it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Neil's, Neil's, yeah. Neil's going, going. Neil's doing it. So August 2021, right? Like this in a couple months, it's going to be happening. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yep. And uh, it's going to be in kind of central PA area, Lebanon, Anvil, Pennsylvania is where it's going to be. We're going to be on a farm um, holding the cool. event and it'll be people who can only make weekends. Seafood Neil will also have packages available for people to just come out Saturday and Sunday. Or if you want to do the whole thing, it's going to be about I think, nine or 10 days, uh, five hours a day. Right and on. yeah. Right on. And I don't know if he, you know, he's going to be staying here with me. So I hope he realizes it's pretty much going to be 24 seven training. Cause <laughs> I'll be like, Hey, Hey, what about, what about that other thing? Hey, show me that thing. <laughs> He'll probably be in his room, shut the door. Leave me alone. Leave me alone, man. Or he'd be like, here, grab my finger. Boom. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that'll be fun. That sounds great. Right on. I'm excited for you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. One of these years, we'll, we'll oh, yeah. all get together. Yep. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. Hey, and, you know, if you guys are ever traveling and you're in, you know, uh, need a, a pit stop or you want this to be a way to go somewhere else, you guys are always welcome here. Oh, fun. oh thanks that'd be free cool. free lodging and food <laughs> oh it can't be that <laughs> yeah <laughs> oh that's awesome well thanks for joining us today on the podcast yeah thanks actually i do want to mention one other thing and that is just basically thank you for what you guys do uh oh, i i thoroughly enjoy uh the, the qigong classes and the bagua classes uh that i do with you guys and you know it's just being able to talk live in person, which is something I wish there was a period of time where Neil did that. He had one year where I did classes with him that were live twice a week. Uh, but when I found you guys, which is basically through Neil, he's like, Hey, check out Kelly. Uh, and it's been really awesome to have that live interplay with you. And it's just further expanding and being able to answer my questions about, qigong and bagua and all of that so well it's, it's been great having you along for the ride and looking forward to uh, a lot more a lot more fun yeah i know it's fun <laughs> it's yeah. great all right well thank you very much and thank you we will talk to you again soon thanks 
Thank you for joining us today on The Open Door. We enjoyed our discussion and hope you did too. Until next time, we are Kelly and Kelly.